Welcome to the Thrifty Marketer Podcast, a podcast where we meet amazing individuals from all walks of life. Here's your host, Vivek, with a new episode for you. I hope Christine gets to come on the show because she's one of my very, very, very favorite people. Uh, she has her own live show, which is Christine is a colorful person. Let me let me start with that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, she's here. Let me just invite her on. Uh, fantastic! I'm so excited actually. Hi. Hey, hey, hey! Thank you so much. I never expected to. Ooh, I've got in- this in another window. There. Okay. Uh, is it is it fine now? Can you can you can you see me? Hear me? I can. I don't know why I'm hearing you in another window. There we go. Okay. Perfect. Hi. All right. All right. I'm, I'm 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 first of all, thank you so much, Christine, for saving my for, uh, Thursday evening. It's uh, so funny and- because it's it's my favorite topic, and so I was like, all right, I definitely want to hop on. And here I am. I'm not in my studio. I have no makeup, but I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I guess no, no, to say. I, I have been waiting to get you on the show for a while. I know you oh, got busy with your, com- with your community and a lot of things. So uh, let me do a quick intro. I've not prepared anything, but let me do a quick intro uh, in my own style. Christine Gritman is one of the most fantastic human beings and colorful human beings you will ever meet in your life. She, I, I keep telling her she looks like a doll to me in her, especially when she do her, do her, you know, does a live show, etc. So she empowers professionals to step into their personal brands in a bigger, bolder way. You can look at Christine Gritborn on online. You'll see what it means, really. You know, big and bold. That's what Christine's uh, synonyms can be. Uh, you know, she she has spoken on stages worldwide. She's a frequent expert guest on podcasts, live stream, Twitter chats. She does a lot of stuff. She has hosting weekly ad week podcast. Let's talk about brand and its companion Twitter chat called hashtag chat about brand. And let me do it your style, Christine. You does like you do like this, right? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> thank you so much for saving me. Uh, yeah. So the topic today is you know content B two B content especially and thought leadership marketing. So you know I have a set of questions. So. I'm. I'm. No, oh, I know you will be flying off the bat. You are not. Uh, you know, you have not seen these questions. So let's 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 I'm take ready, it. Though. Let's take Do it, it as a challenge, right? So yeah, ask me the questions you were going to ask Matthew. I'm all good. Absolutely fantastic. So uh, the first question which I want to uh, ask is, you know, what is the definition of thought leadership in the marketing context, and why is it important for companies today? One thing I've heard a lot of people say is that to be a thought leader, you need to have thoughts and you need to be a leader. And this is absolutely true. But one big thing that I think is very important for thought leadership, and this plays nicely into the content element of today's discussion, is it's not just enough to have thoughts. It's about conveying them well. And I think there are a lot of people who are thought leaders who aren't necessarily having their own completely original thought that no one has ever had before. It's not like they're making brand new observations necessarily, but the people who really reach that thought leadership status 
are able to present their thoughts in a way that people can follow, that people can understand, that really break through and help people. And that's where the leadership element comes in of thought leadership. It's about making the thoughts accessible and stimulating in a way that makes people want to continue following you because following you is ultimately productive for them as well. So that's how, that's what I think of with thought leadership. And we can all think of thought leaders in our industry. You were saying at the beginning, some people in very dry industries, they're like, well, yes. what the heck do I say? Um, but they're seeing somebody, right? I don't yep. think any of us are, you know, an island in terms of our professional development. I think that we all have people who we look up to and and so those those are the thought leaders really absolutely absolutely i completely agree i'm so glad that you volunteered for this yeah uh, this on, is perfect yeah, <laughs> absolutely okay so uh, other 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 uh, you know the, the follow up question was you know why why do you think like everybody talks about thought leadership these days right uh, every b2b company wherever i work or uh, my colleagues work everybody talks about thought leadership why why do you think it is so important nowadays well, it's important because we, as I said before, we've always all had people who we kind of looked to. I know I especially, uh, when I entered the social media space, I mean, I I didn't have training. Training didn't exist. I mean, I'm in my 40s. Right. <laughs> I couldn't study it in college or anything. Right. Right. So um, when I when I started in this industry, there were people who I looked to where I said, you know, these are the people who are saying smart things who I want to learn from. These are the people who are going to help me up my game simply because not only have they done the hard work of finding out the information, they've, you know, found the best practices, whether through research, experience, or usually a combination of both. They have then streamlined that process for those who came after so that I can learn from their learnings. You know, they've sort of distilled it down into the stuff that I need to know. And I think we all appreciate that. I think that when it comes down to it, it's not exactly a shortcut, but it kind of is a shortcut. It's a matter of someone else has, has waded through the muck and figured out what we do and don't really need to know. And you should have multiple thought leaders mm -hmm. if you're following. You should certainly be paying attention to multiple people. Otherwise you're just getting one person's perspective. But, um, yeah, I think that that's a huge part of it. Thought leaders save us a lot of that mental labor okay. um, simply by distilling the information really well for us. And another reason why people love thought leaders is because we are in an era of uh, where everyone has their 15 minutes, basically. You know, Andy Warhol sort of predicted social media in terms of, you know, there it has never been easier to become known and to be heard. And so I think that a little piece of that for some people is in addition to liking to follow thought leaders, it's never been, it's never felt more possible to become a thought leader yourself, which can get dangerous. You know, there are some people out there spouting nonsense who are, you know, good at marketing themselves and don't necessarily have the best information to say. Right. So you have to be careful. But the fact is, I think that that's another element of it. Everyone's talking about thought leadership because it's never been more achievable to um, not only find thought leaders to follow, but also to embrace the possibility of becoming one ourselves. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. 
So, uh, you know, the next question which I want to talk is, is especially from, uh, let's, not, let's not talk only about B2B, let's, let's extrapolate that. Yeah. Uh, so, how do you think companies, you know, there's one, one common term which everybody uses, which is unique value, USP or unique value proposition, you may, mm -hmm. if, if you want to term it that way. How can companies determine their unique value proposition and establish themselves as thought, as thought leaders in their industry? How can they do that? Well, I mean that the answer is kind of in the question insofar as no, whatever company you are, whatever industry you're in, no matter what you do, the thing that you do is not what's unique. The people who are doing it is what's unique. The only unique service proposition or unique value proposition that your company truly has is its people. And that is a strength that you should absolutely lean on and invest in, not only because, again, it's the only thing that's truly unique, but also because if you support those people, if you make those people feel valued, and if you encourage those people and you say, you know what, our industry has thought leaders, we have people we all look to, you are brilliant. We would love to brag about you to say, hey, we love that our company has this smart person. We're going to help you rise and help you grow. That's great for you to be able to keep those people. I always say that one of the great things about building internal thought leaders as a company is it's good for your visibility because if that person is visible, your company is going to be visible because that's right. what's right under their name. It is Absolutely. good for your brand reputation because, hey, look at this smart person you have. Your company must know what they're doing. Right. It's good right. for retention because those people feel valued and they'll stay because they can grow. You're a place where they can grow. That is huge. And then it is also good for recruitment because people say, oh, this is a place where they value smart people or where they have that smart person who I already look up to. I would love to work there. And this is true in any industry, any industry, it is to your advantage to show right. that you have smart people working for you. Absolutely. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, every, every company these days have started at least people who never believed in the term employee advocacy. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody has started uh, looking at it more seriously. You're absolutely right there. Right. So my next question, let's, let's get into the nitty gritties of it. All right. right. Like leadership. So how do you think a company, it, uh, the, these questions were related to B2B tech companies because Matthew belonged to that part. So let's, let's keep it open. How can companies create content that demonstrates their expertise and establishes thought leadership? Absolutely. Uh, well, one thing to be very mindful of is what are people in your industry talking about? What are they curious about? What is a common pain point that they're all having? Or again, not even necessarily having, but talking about. There's always something like that. You know, I've never heard of any industry at any time in history where they're like, everything's awesome. Everything's just awesome. We have nothing to fix. There's always something. If you're developing, if you're in a growth mindset, there's always something. So pay attention. Make sure that you are having conversations and listening to conversations in your industry. You're not siloed. So you know what's going on on the larger picture and you can speak to it. And here's the really key part. You don't have to have the solution. A lot of people hesitate to put out content because they feel like they need to have all the answers first. And why add to the conversation if I'm not solving the problem? Right. You don't right. have to solve the problem. You do have to bring value. 
That right. is, there's a subtle difference there. You can bring value to a conversation without necessarily solving the problem outright. Sometimes just talking about it, just examining it out loud, uh, solving in public, that can be tremendously valuable in any industry. Just saying, let's have a conversation about this. Let's name it. Let's call it what it is. Let's, as I said before, express the idea clearly, even if it's not a completely new idea. And that is really going to um, be a good way to, to start. And it's, it's showing a few things. First of all, it's showing that you get it. It's showing you are in touch you have your finger on the pulse of your industry because you know that this is what everyone's talking about. Second right. of all, it actually displays a lot of confidence. A lot of people and companies have this mindset of why would we want to let people know we're struggling with something? We want to seem right. like we've got it all together, like we're perfect, but nobody connects with perfect. And again, especially in some of those drier industries, people feel like, well, no one needs to connect. We provide right. a service and people need that service. No one needs to connect with us. Yeah, right. that's not true. Right. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That's a very, uh, very actually, that's an answer with so many layers. I can ask too many questions on that actually, because you answered a lot of things with that simple answer, because, you know, uh, sometimes we all think that we need to produce content all the time, yeah. but we may not need to produce. We might, we might get, uh, become part of a conversation which is already happening and put our viewpoint, which will position us as a thought leader, you know? So that's also a possibility. That's where content curation, uh, some yeah. companies are running on content Huge. curation. They don't produce anything, right? Yeah, Absolutely. but if you are a source, as I said before about thought leaders, part of their value to us, part of what they deliver is that they've distilled things down into here's what you need to know. And that's a perfect example of what content curation does. Instead of having to read every article on the internet about a given topic, you know, this person who's curating content has said, here's something that we think is valuable enough to share. Always share though with your own additional little dollop of value on top. So let's say you saw this article about something, explain why you're sharing it. Is it because you, you especially agree with a particular key point in the piece? Is it because you disagree? with something in the piece? Is it because you're wrangling with it? You're not really sure. Is it something that you wish you had written yourself because it's something that's so on your mind and this just expresses what you could not? Share something about why you feel it's worth your audience's time because that way you have added your own value on top, you have added your own spin and thus you have added your own brand stamp on it even though you didn't even write it. Absolutely, absolutely. We are busting a lot of myths about thought leadership right now. Yep. Right. So next question, this is one question I'm pretty sure you will love, if not any other question. What role does social media play in promoting thought leadership and how can companies use it effectively? It's where people are. Eventually, once you've done a good job of, of getting that no like and trust factor, I can't have a conversation without paraphrasing Bob Berg. You know, all things, all things being equal, people prefer to do business with and refer business to those who they know, like, and trust. That's true for companies as well as people. But before you get to that point, before people are following you, before you are a destination, you need discovery. And social media is an incredible place to, to have your posts discovered. Every single platform, no matter what it is, they all have algorithms that surface content that is likely to be interesting 
to the specific person whose timeline it's being surfaced on. And that is a factor uh, largely of who else is engaging with it? Who else tends to engage with it? If you boil those users down into basic data, you know, who has stuff in common with this person? So um, if you are catching the eye or have already caught the eye of a particular demographic, you know, people like them are then going to start seeing your content, whether they follow you already or not. So that's one good thing about social media. I know we love to hate on the algorithms, but right. it can be helpful. Um, another thing is it's a great place for nurturing those relationships. As I said before, it's all about entering conversations that are happening. Um, I don't just mean that on the lofty level. If people are talking about this, let's write something on it. I mean, you can literally have back and forth conversations. That's what I love most about Twitter, especially. You can join the conversation that is happening because ultimately people feel a lot more connection if they're having a back and forth direct conversation with someone than if they're just reading a piece of content. Um, so it's a great way to connect. It's also a great opportunity to connect in multiple places. I've been trying um, to connect my different social networks a little more thoroughly. Like for example, we all, a lot of us who love Twitter freaked out a few months ago yep. for reasons. And so I'm trying to make a bigger priority of making sure I connect with the people who I talk to on Twitter all the time on LinkedIn as well. Right. You know, right. sometimes on Instagram though, for me, that's a little more personal, but it's still somewhat professional, but I want to make sure that I have all these people in multiple places and social media is fantastic for that. And of course, Everyone says you got to get everyone on your email list, email list, email list. It's the only thing you actually own. And that's true. How are people going to find your email list if not through social media? Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so it's discovery, it's nurturing, and it's drawing people further into your world. Fantastic. Fantastic. I, I, I don't think even Matthew would have answered this question like this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, moving on. Next question. Now, let's talk about... Uh, Let's, as, let's imagine that a company invested time and efforts into thought leadership marketing. And how can they measure whether the program is a success or not? Yeah. What, are the, what, are the, what are the things they should look for? Well, one big thing to realize is that thought leadership content, it's usually not a direct conversion, a direct sales conversion situation. It can be. I'm not saying it can't be. It certainly happens. Yeah. But ultimately, it is it is top of funnel, generally, even if you're sending to people who are lower down in your funnel, even if you're sending to a private mailing list, even if you're selling only if you're sending this thought leadership piece only to customers, whatever, it's still it's not a sales piece. Thought leadership is about bringing value, not requesting money. Right. <laughs> There's a right. difference. It's right. not transactional. It has to really come from a place of generosity. And it has to be part of that long game of trust building, of relationship right. building, of brand building. However, um, there are certainly ways to, um, on so to some level, track the relationship between content, especially thought leadership content, and ultimate sales. There are things you can hook up with, you know. Google Analytics and, you know, Facebook pixels and, you know, all these different things you can sort of track um, because, of course, it's very creepy. You know, the, the Internet knows everything that I do. I am a set of numbers and the Internet tracks this set of numbers 
with everything it does. So right. the fact is that set of numbers that is a person, <laughs> right. there are ways of saying, oh, the first in interaction we seem to have had with this set of numbers was when they came, when they encountered this piece on Twitter, what did right. they do next? Oh, we we're getting a lot more pings from that set of numbers on our website. Interesting. Right. You know, there are ways of tracking it, but it is a long game. Thought leadership should never, thought leadership content right. should never be seen as directly transactional. Right. And it should never uh, be seen as, as being directly related to selling. However, I do encourage trying to uh, put in something that you can track. Like maybe at the end of a particular blog post, you say, you know, for more on this, you know, download this piece, you know, like a right. lead magnet. That's fine. You can absolutely do that. Or, you know, your social media posts can be, you know, pieces of something. They can drop just enough value and then encourage people to come find out more. That is okay. Um, I wouldn't do that every time. Right. Because you're right. building trust here. Um, but but that but that is is a way to make sure that it is a little more likely to lead to trackable value. Outcomes. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, like like you said correctly, most of the thought leadership content is about providing value. Uh, like my favorite Gary Vaynerchuk would say, it's jab, jab, jab all the time and right yes. hook at the I end. Of book upstairs, Gary V. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. So uh, I'll, uh, my next question is, give me some uh, examples of your favorite companies who have been pioneering this thought leadership piece who have cracked the code of thought leadership according to you which are the brands yeah. which you follow i mean one fantastic example is marketing profs uh marketing profs is you know they they are the masters of b2b marketing they have a membership community they have an event and all of that but when i think marketing profs and when i literally go to the twitter handle at marketing profs who is it it is Anne handley it is Anne Handley. <laughs> right, right. That's, that's the latest edition, I believe. What? That's the latest edition, I believe. Yes, she, yes, this is the latest edition, which I got at the Marketing Props B2B Summit. And the funny thing is, um, you know, Anne Handley is a thought leader in her own right. She's a speaker. She's a writer. She does all of this great stuff, but she is also the chief content officer of Marketing Profs. And I would say that I'm, I mean, it's not her company. <laughs> right. I would say that they have done incredibly well by leveraging the fact that um, Anne Hanley and marketing profs have become virtually synonymous in, in a lot of places. And you can follow one without the other. But I will say it is easier to follow Anne Handley without mm -hmm. following marketing profs than right. it is to follow marketing profs without following Anne Hanley. And I think that that's to their advantage. Um, there, there are a lot of other examples. Um, who else can I think of? I don't know. But but I think that that's a, a shining one. That's a stellar one because they, um, again, it's not, they're not the same thing. It's not like Christine Gritman Inc. using Christine <laughs> Gritman. Right, right, <laughs> um, right. You know, Absolutely. but it, but yeah, I think that that's a great example. Yeah, she's she's an amazing person. Uh, I love her writing. I love her uh, thought leadership pieces. It's amazing. I love her uh, suit. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. She has got style. She has got style. Yes. Uh, one of the other examples, couple of other examples which I like is one is HubSpot. Uh, yeah. HubSpot has uh, HubSpot yeah. is kind of a uh, kind of a uh, non-person teacher of mine. <laughs> I learned everything about inbound from them with their certificate courses and all that. So they have cracked it. Other one is Buffer, Buffer.com. They mm -hmm. have cracked thought leadership uh, according to me. One thing about HubSpot that I think is interesting is um, I, I knew and followed and respected and liked Christina Garnett right. way before she ever worked for HubSpot. And right. she developed a name for herself as someone who truly believed in online community and truly gathered online community around herself, not about herself, about right. them. Like she just right. has a knack for it as a human. And it's hard to remember that she didn't always work for HubSpot. And in fact, she was Christina Garnett first. Right. And now through the stuff she's been doing with HubSpot, um, her, her star has, you know, just, you know, risen exponentially in terms of being the go-to person to talk about online community. But the Absolutely. fact is she was doing that already. Uh, HubSpot yep. did not make Christina Garnett. She made herself right. and HubSpot is just the perfect partnership for that. Right, right. She, 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 she came on my show in the first season. Mm -hmm. uh, we spoke about not about community by that time. She was, uh, she was working with an analytics company that time, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, she's, she's a good friend of mine, and I love her. Uh, and, but I, it's, it's, it is so inspiring to see the journey she has had in the last one and a half years. Uh, she, I call her the mother of marketing Twitter. She is that, that the movement she has started, and it was mind blowing to see that, you know, and. Uh, fact that I, I got a chance to interact with her like this and we keep chatting on Instagram about yeah. and stuff and all that. It's it's fabulous to see people doing like that. Yeah, she just anyway. reached out to me yesterday because she um because uh, I, I got laid off a couple of weeks ago and she's just been amazing with checking in to like see how she can help and all of that. Oh my God, I didn't know that. I'm oh, so yeah. sorry to hear that. So sorry <laughs> it's to all hear good. That. But yeah, but she's definitely been one of those people who um who immediately was just like, what can I do? And she has shared posts of mine to her network. And she's just, she's really, she doesn't just talk publicly yeah. about believing in online community and believing in people. She actually does it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Private. Because, yeah, because HubSpot layoffs happened last week, last, last mm -hmm. week. And uh, I'm I'm sharing everything which Christina is sharing, basically. Not yeah. A lot of people. I didn't know about you. If, if, if I can yeah, be of any help. Please let me know. Please let yeah. me know if I can be of any help. Uh, and I hope you find something amazing soon. Thank you. Uh, all right. So my next question is, mm -hmm. uh, how can companies collaborate with other industry players if you know to enhance their thought leadership position? Yeah. Um, well, there's a couple things. First of all, you know, look laterally. Don't just look at what you do. Because the people who the people and companies who uh, need your product and need your services, look at what other products, services, professionals, whatever they're also using, and and work with those people. Um, one really obvious example is I know a lot of realtors. And they have good relationships with mortgage brokers. They have good relationships with lawyers. Some of them have great relationships with designers. You know, there's all sorts of other things that these people need. So, so think laterally. Think about um, the total picture you're fitting into with the client and look for partners who are, you know, the other spokes of that particular wheel. Another thing to do is 
it's interesting. I don't particularly believe in competition being, you know, enemies. Right. I, f- I feel like you're right for somebody or you're not right for somebody. I, I just do. So I think that the possibility of collaborating with competitors is actually fine. I think, again, I think it displays a lot of confidence (laughs) because it's saying, you know what? We both have value to bring to the table. We're bringing it to the table. And again, thought leadership content is not sales content. So, you know, they follow you or they don't. Maybe they follow both of you. And when they need a service, they will decide on one of the two of you. But the fact is you're in that mix. So it's ultimately not a bad thing. If, if you're in that mix and the other person's in that mix too, and that future customer ultimately goes with the other person, right. it's not necessarily a bad thing because you might not have even been in contention before until you came to um, visibility via right. this thing that you just, that you did. So I, I think that there's a lot, a lot of ways to think about that. And then, you know, even going further afield of that, to go back to the concept of what picture are you fitting into with the client? They don't, even, you can also partner with people who aren't even spokes on the same wheel. So again, to go back to the real estate example, there's, you know, your realtor and your lawyer and your mortgage broker or whatever, but there's also like the local coffee shop in this area where the realtor works. There's this local charitable organization in this community where the realtor works. So think also beyond your industry, beyond what you do for a living and into the broader picture of the client's life that you are fitting into. Because, because again, you know, if you do partner with that coffee shop and here's someone who knows the coffee shop, but they don't know you yet. And now they know you who is going to come to mind when they decide to sell their house. You know, it's, it's a long game. It's a long Absolutely. game and it's just about being in people's heads so that when they need you, you're what they pluck out. Absolutely. absolutely. I can see a lot of co-marketing campaigns happening already uh, yeah. with companies coming together uh, closer, uh, uh, not, not, not necessarily competitive products, but very close to it, complementary products coming together and doing a campaign together. That's fantastic to see. Right. So let's look, let's talk about some mistakes. Like there are a lot of companies doing thought leadership work in the wrong way. So what are some of the common mistakes companies make in their thought leadership marketing efforts and how can they be avoided? Biggest one is being salesy. Absolutely. Um, People see through that right away. Um, if it, if it's presented as, oh, we're going to, you know, just, this is just an interesting piece. Yup. And then there's sales messages scattered throughout it. Yeah. People, people can smell that people will stop reading. People will click away. It will lead it. It will leave a bad brand taste in their mouth. Um, another mistake that they make is making it impersonal. You know, this is the company presenting a piece as opposed to here's the person or people who wrote it. Put in the person or people who wrote it. They deserve credit. Um, Those are additional points of entry for people to kind of come into your your world because they connect with that person or or whatnot. So um, being impersonal is a big one. Um, Making everything gated is a big one. So, um, you know, you'll see this piece and it'll seem really interesting and it's speaking to exactly what you need. And then you go and you can read just a little bit of it. And then you have to give your email address to read the rest. 
right. some of that some of that is okay like you can do a, some gated pieces what's much much better is deliver a whole bunch of value and then say for more on this i have a more in-depth piece give me your email and i'll send it to you that's different because then it's not like you've teased them but not given them anything right. you've given them something right. you've given them something and you're just saying if you want even more here's a way to right. get more but yeah, don't don't do the tease. It's it's right. just not cool. And then the biggest biggest mistake I receive regularly um, multiple identical emails in my inbox mm -hmm. because these professionals have subscribed to a service that provides content for their industry. And these people have just sent it out unedited. So I get identical emails from competitors <laughs> from each other that are completely identical. I worked with, um, I worked with someone on this once. Um, I worked with a financial advisor and he was like, well, there's so many regulatory things. We can't just send stuff out. So he did subscribe to a service that provided um, already regulatory approved content that he could go share. And so I, I worked with him on a strategy for that. I said, first of all, we need to define your brand values so that you can really narrow down what sort of stuff do you share? Right. Like it has to be something that speaks to one of your brand values. And then I said, under no circumstances are you to share any of this stuff straight out. You need to write a big chunk about why you found it interesting, about how it ties directly to what you do with your clients. And he was fantastic at it. He was like, oh, I don't really write. And then he'd write paragraphs with every single post. But it was great because people started really saying, oh, I really love it when you post this stuff. And I love how much you like add to it. Um, so that's the way to go. I mean, those content, those curated content subscription services, those should be the start not the beginning, middle, and end. It's it's kind of like people are talking now about AI and chat GPT and all of that. Like that should not be doing all the work. It should be a helper. It should not be the whole thing. So that's another huge mistake people make. People, people just curate, but without putting any of themselves in. And then I wind up with identical emails right. in my inbox right. every week. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a seriously stupid thing to do actually. Uh, mm. Your customers are never going to come to you again. If you I that. mean, people think, well, who's going to have, who's going to be subscribing to the email, you know, newsletters of multiple financial advisors? Me, because I know them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed Absolutely. in them. Absolutely. So um, let's talk about events, like events and this virtual webinars and stuff, right? So, what role does events and webinars play in promoting thought leadership for? companies basically so much oh my goodness so first of all obviously at events and i i'm in marketing so i go to marketing conferences like social media marketing worlds and and inbound and things like that so first of all it's a place to identify thought leaders because they're the people on stage right so that's 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 a huge obvious element of it and it's a huge part of how i've developed my own you know what lev whatever level of thought leadership i may have um, that's a huge part of how I've developed it is by being on stages. And, um, you know, first of all, it adds some validity 
it adds a little bit of social proof, like, hey, this person knows what they're talking about. We put her on our stage. But then also it's great for discovery because people who didn't know you before now do. That's how I discovered a whole lot of the thought leaders that I follow because right. I went to events and I said, okay, well, first of all, I'm going to check this person out because they've already got the social proof of they're on this stage. And then right. some of them, when I went to go follow their stuff, I vibed with it. And I said, oh, I'm definitely following this person. And some of it, I was like, yeah. I don't know. I don't really resonate with this. And I didn't. And that's fine. Another huge thing is you meet people. Once again, a lot of the stages that I've landed on are because I knew the people who were organizing these events and stayed in touch with them. And they knew what I was about and they saw what I was doing and they decided it was it was good enough to share with their own audiences. So that's another thing. Relationships will get you everywhere. Um, because the fact is, I could be very smart. And if I didn't talk to people, they would have no idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so that's another thing. Um, also, as I mentioned way earlier on, getting a sense of what people in your industry are talking about, what concerns they're having, what the big top, what the hot topics everyone's dealing with right now are. Events are a fantastic place to um, to suss that out, not only because you know, looking at the topics that they have on stage, looking at the tracks that they have, there's that. So the, the event planner presumably has some sense of what people need. But then in addition to that, just the conversations in the hallway, I, I honestly believe that's the most valuable part of most of the events I go to, the conversations you have with people directly in between the sessions. And that can, can show you so much about the conversations people are really having and the issues they're really discussing and possibly the solutions or different ways of thinking about it. So, um, yeah, I think that's absolutely huge. Events are an enormous part of all of that, I feel like. Absolutely. absolutely. Since we are on the topic of events, Social Media Marketing Week is approaching soon. Yes, so it is. Just a quick shout out to... Uh, Michael and his team uh, sign up, buy your tickets, attend virtually. It's one of the amazing conferences, which I it is on my bucket list. Whenever I travel to US, I will attend that event for sure. All right, so uh, we are coming to end of it. I am so gra grateful to you that you are taking these questions on the fly, <laughs> and you are killing it. I am I'm, it I'm really, 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 really grateful for that. All right. So, uh, you know, another question which I want to ask Matthew and now you is how can companies ensure that their thought initiatives are credible? Sorry, it cut out for a second there. How can they, how can companies make sure that thought leaders are credible? Did you say? Huh, thought leadership efforts are credible and trustworthy. Got it. Got it. Well, a big part is to, um, make sure that they're coming from actual thoughts <laughs> make sure it's not it's not just stuff that sounds pretty or slick or whatever make sure that you know the people who you are putting up there are your people who are are solving problems who are right. you know giving critical thought to things who again are listening to the greater conversations in their industry and participating in them 
Um, yeah, make sure it's not just saying, okay, we're going to prop this person up because they, they're photogenic. <laughs> make sure people have stuff to say. Make sure people can say stuff on the fly. I think that's right. really important that someone can, you know, oh, I don't know, be sitting on, on their couch and then suddenly be a guest on something and do fine. I think that's huge. Um, I, I would say also um, another part of supporting your employees in developing their thought leadership and putting them at their thought leaders is also making sure that you're investing in their professional development. Make sure you're not just putting them in a position where they're expected to produce things outwardly, but also in a position where they're consuming things inwardly. They are reading books that you are sending them to events or trainings that they feel like would be useful to their professional development. Because I've certainly seen that. I've seen where, you know, companies have said, okay, we're, we're going to put forth these people and we're going to, you know, promote what they do and be like, look at these smarties we have. But then they haven't actually invested in their continued development. It's like, oh, can I take this class? No, we, we're not going to pay for that. We don't have a professional development budget. Okay, then what's the point? <laughs> right. Right. I think Absolutely. that's really, really important. If you're going to put someone forward to make your company look good, make sure you're actually investing in making sure that they are able to feel like they know what they're talking about. Right. Absolutely. That's correct. Uh, so I think we have come to an end of it, Christine. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, my last question is always about the guest. Yeah. So please uh, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, before that, let me tell a little bit about you. Go for uh, it. So check out Gritman.com. That's Christine's website. You will find a lot of red there yes. and a lot of GIFs there, yes. which will be Christine's own GIFs. It's not other GIFs. It's Christine herself as GIFs. So you will love mm -hmm. it. Check her out. And uh, also follow, look at her personal side on Instagram. That's C. Gritman, I am, if I'm not wrong. Uh, she has a beautiful family and a lot of pictures of them. Uh, so, Christine, let us uh, tell us about your journey, your last role. I know that you grew a community quickly to a huge number. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been following that journey. I was part of it. Uh, but I didn't know about the uh, bad news or sad news. But please <laughs> share us and also share with us what kind of role you're looking for Uh what role are you manifesting right now? So yeah. please, please, the floor is yours. All right. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so, so I, until recently, I was the uh, senior editor, only editor of all the content for the Social Media Pulse community, which is owned by Agora Pulse. And, and the Social Media Pulse community is still there. They just um, laid almost all of us off. <laughs> but it's socialmediapulse.community and it is still really great. It right. is completely free. It's a great source of information, training, connections, discussions, all of that for any social media professional. But thankfully, I already still had my own business. So since 2016, I've also been Christine Gritman Inc. And that has evolved. When I first started my business, I was doing social media for small local businesses with a focus on restaurants. Very quickly, I realized that was not scalable. It was exhausting. Um, I quickly moved to teaching small business owners how to do their own social media better because I still believe that as long as someone can tell you how to do it strategically and efficiently, I still believe it's always best to tell your own story if you can. So I did that for a long time. 
Then I started, I started, I still do that sometimes and I'm available for workshops and presentations and all that to do that. And I speak for classes sometimes, but in 2020, I made a, a strong move into personal brand consulting. Um, so, you know, helping, helping you stand out in a bigger, bolder way online and, you know, show your gifts. We all hide our gifts. We hoard them. You can't help people with your gifts if you're hiding. And, um, so that's really where I'm at. Um, what I'm starting to do now, and this, this is why today was perfect. I'm starting to be interested in coming into companies and talking to them about turning their own people, especially their executives into their industry's thought leaders. So it's the same stuff. It's still personal branding work. It's just a slightly different audience and a slightly different goal. Um, and in addition to that, I host my podcast, Let's Talk About Brand, on the Adweek Podcast Network. So Let's Talk About Brand, every podcast player, comes out on Mondays. This week's episode is about uh, brand storytelling with the folks on podcasting. And then I have the video version of that that goes up on Fridays on YouTube, Oh, and in between, I want to hear from you on the topic of the week. So that is Tuesdays on Twitter. I'm C. Gritman on Twitter. And my chat on Tuesdays is Chat About Brand. And it's always on the same topic as that week's um, podcast. Fantastic. I, I, Malab, uh, I've, I've always followed you very closely. Uh, unfortunately, I, I left Twitter after the Elon Musk fiasco. But yeah. before that, I, I, I used it's to be a time. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that is one sad thing. I miss, you know, seeing all of your content and interacting with all of you real time. I miss that, but it's okay. Uh, we're connected on LinkedIn, clearly. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so uh, thank you so much, Christine, for jumping in and saving me and from a big embarrassment. Uh, <laughs> and thank you so much for answering those questions fantastically. I'm pretty sure... Uh, Matthew wouldn't have answered certain questions in that way you answered it. So <laughs> thank you so much. And I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, Good thanks so much for having everything. me on. <laughs> thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> okay. All right. So that was Christine. I love her. She, I repeat, she's like a doll. You know, whenever I see her online, she is like a doll. Look, you should look, check out her gifs. She's a person full of life. So uh, I'm, I'm so glad that this happened. I'm so glad that Matthew didn't turn up. He came later than I didn't allow him. So I, that is another thing. But yeah, the way Christine answered the questions, you can see how passionate she is. Just check out Britman.com. Uh, you know, take her help if you need help with personal branding and consulting and social media, community building, whatever uh, support uh, you need. Just talk to her. And uh, thank you so much. This was an eventful episode 58 of the 50 market talks i'll see you next week take care bye bye thank you for listening to the thrifty marketer podcast subscribe to the podcast on itunes or google podcasts see you in the next episode